Hello everyone and welcome to Harbor for the Arts. I am your host, opera singer Brie Cooper. I am a classical singer, opera singer, producer of podcasts and TV. If you haven't checked out my show, Opera Luscious, be sure to do that. Um, I also am a blogger. I am an author. I'm a million things. I'm multi-passionate. That's how I like to describe myself. I hope you had an amazing week last week. I And I hope this is going to be the kickoff to whatever part of the week that you're listening. I hope you really are just having an amazing day, um, a kickoff to your week, or you had a great last week. Um, I'm really excited because, you know, I've crushed some goals lately. I've been crushing my goals one of my goals was just a little, be a little more consistent with a lot of different things. And I feel like I'm kind of on my way to accomplishing that. I, I just have to focus and no matter what time I carve out, like I have to be okay with, okay, maybe, maybe me recording a podcast won't happen at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday in the morning, but you know what? It will happen before the end of the week. How about that? How about that? Now, that's where I am. So I've decided to, if if you don't know, I mean, go listen to a few of the other podcasts um, from like a couple weeks ago. But one of the things I've been really working on is just, you know, working, what does consistency mean to me? And what does achieving my goals mean to me? And is there really an expiration date on achieving my goals? I mean... I had to just kind of back up a little bit. You know, I was getting really hard on myself, being down on myself. I write these goals out. I write these things out and I put a time and a date to everything. And I think it was really kind of stressing me out. And I decided to get a little more broad with achieving my goal for the week. But I'm talking about like short term goals, achieving those goals, because when you work towards something, there are going to be a lot of, you know, there may be a lot of setbacks, maybe it'll come easier. But I do notice that, you know, there are a lot of setbacks, you have life that kind of happens, and it kind of throws you off a little bit, then you got to get back to it. But, you know, then you have to refocus yourself. But I realized that instead of saying, oh, something's going to happen 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, as far as like, let's say this podcast, for example, One of the things I said, I was going to get more consistent with at least uploading every week. Now, for a long time, it was, okay, I got to get it done every Tuesday. And part of that was finding a guest, you know, getting the the schedule together with the guest. And, you know, it, it just became a lot. So what I've decided to do this year, if you haven't heard my previous podcast, <laughs> what I decided to do is I'm, I'm going to give myself a little bit more grace. Okay. What is my goal? My goal is to be more consistent with uploading podcasts. How am I going to get that goal done? And these are like short-term goals that I want to do every week, get a podcast up. What am I going to do? I'm going to be a little, a little bit more gracious with myself. So instead of saying, oh, 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, maybe it won't happen 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. Maybe if it's a crazy busy week, I can aim for a Tuesday at 10 o'clock. But if it's a crazy busy week, you know, I'm a single parent. I've got a gazillion things going on. Guess what? If it can happen by the end of the week, that's that's even better. That's even better. 
So that's what I'm trying to do and really get more focused into that and um, giving myself a little bit more grace with trying to set a goal, you know. Um, so as long as I get it done by the end of the week and I actually have like a kind of plan A, a plan B, a plan C, you know, I'm going to be okay with it. I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. And before what I was doing was causing myself so much extra anxiety. If it was, oh, I said I was going to do this. I said, now for continuity sake, I would love to say, okay, every Tuesday at 10 o'clock, I'm going to record. I'm going to get it up, that kind of thing. But if it's just me doing this stuff, guess what? I'm going to just say, you know, by the end of the week. And I think it's, it, I've gotten a lot more feedback about what I'm doing now, which is fun because people are like, oh, it's kind of like a surprise every week. So I am going to try to do that, but I can't like promise that I'm going to be like every Tuesday, 10 o'clock. I just fail every time, every time. And then what happens when you fail? You just feel like a loser and you just don't want to do it anymore at all. And then, it, you know, one week becomes next week, becomes next week, becomes another week. So I've also decided that I'm not going to have a whole lot of guests. It's pretty much a solo podcast. I'm not going to have a whole lot of guests on here. Um, I will be interviewing people. If it's easy for me to book them, I will do that. And, um, you know, trying to get the schedule. But, you know, people will send you through some hoops trying to get the schedule together. And I just, I am one of these people when someone reaches out to me, I am, I try to make myself available. So when I have an interview and someone says, oh, I'd like to do an interview and they have a time, I try to make myself available for that time because I can't stand the back and forth. I hate it. So and that's how I've always been. Like, I just want to do it and get it done. And I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, because sometimes it becomes like a power trip for people. It really does become a power trip. You know, someone will send you an invitation or you send someone an invitation to do a podcast or to be a guest. And it becomes, let me check my schedule, which is fine. That's fine. Check your schedule. Give me a date. And then, oh, I can't do it that date. Can we schedule? You know, I don't have time for that. And so I try not to do it to other people when they reach out to me. So anytime there's an article written and either the editor reaches out or either a podcast host reaches out or TV host or producer reaches out, I just immediately ask what, you know, they ask, what do you have available and, you know, if it has anything to do that interrupts my daughter's pickup drop off time, I don't do it then. But anything in between, I just try to make myself available. I just don't like the power trip that some people send other people on. Um, but uh, let's get into it. So I hope you like I said, I hope you're having a, a kickoff to your week. Or if you're listening to this in the middle of the week, I hope you're having an amazing week. And I hope you you took a minute to celebrate yourself. So you know, like, you know, sometimes you do a good job and nobody else knows just you. Maybe it's something really tiny, like, oh, okay, well, you know, I said I wanted to write this letter to my aunt or somebody, and you wrote it and you put it in the you put it in the mail. So that's 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 great. That's what you should be doing. But then there are other little wins that we have, you know, throughout the week, and we take them for granted. And you shouldn't take your win for granted, whatever it is. And um, you know, several years ago, when my daughter was probably six. A family friend, um, and it's it's a really good family friend because um, their daughter is marrying my nephew. So they, we're really close, and excuse the helicopters. 
Um, but right now I'm recording outside of the Washington Cathedral because uh, because uh, my daughter is in confirmation class right now. So I was like, let me get see. This is what this is a prime example. Prime example. I said, let me get this podcast done this week. It's not a Tuesday. It's not a Wednesday. And I'm looking at people wondering why they don't use a sidewalk. I don't understand. I don't understand. That's some privilege for you. You're not going to hit me. You're not going to hit me. What the hell? <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, um, you know, I, well, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, so anyway, so their, their daughter is marrying my nephew. They've been boyfriend and girlfriend, like high school sweethearts. They stayed together through college, grad school. Now they're on their way to getting married. Um, and I will say they, they, you know, single parent. And I remember I was just going through this divorce. My ex-husband had literally, I got, y'all, I got home from work and like he was gone. Okay. So that was pretty triggering for me, but, um, you know, that was when I really learned about celebrating your wins. If I did a great job that week, or if my daughter did a great job for something, someone would eat on, they bought me this beautiful, gorgeous red plate. And whoever had the red plate, that meant they did amazing, something amazing happened that week. They had a win in whatever capacity, large or small, and you get to eat, you get to celebrate and you eat um, off the red plate or yeah, you off the red plate. So people know that you're the special person for the week. So we have still carried out that tradition. And um, every day, every day, one of us eats off the red plate. So we have one red plate and one of us gets the red plate. So it is a beautiful, y'all, it is one of the most gorgeous plates that I have. It's, it was such a thoughtful gift. And so we still carry that tradition because it's important. And it's it's just fun to celebrate your win. So whatever your win you had this week, whatever it is, I hope you celebrate yourself. Go take yourself out for a little coffee and make it a special coffee or a special tea. Do something a little extra for yourself that you that you didn't do uh, for you that you don't usually do for yourself. You know, so if you usually get a coffee, make it a make it a caramel macchiato or make it a London fog or something something just for you. Um, one of the other things I started doing is I actually pick up a couple of extra Starbucks gift cards and just like $5, but I keep probably about three on me. So whenever I see a first responder, I, you know, and like we're standing in line or something like that, I just give them a card to say, thank you so much. And it's really a really great thing to do. Um, and people just love it. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just a nice little thing to do. So celebrate yourself guys, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. And it doesn't mean you go break the bank and go buy a new dress or whatever it is. It means, you know, if it's something like small, like you've done through the week and you know, for yourself, it was a win, like, Ooh, can't believe I did that. Um, I got it done. You know, go treat yourself to a little something, just a little something extra. So that's my advice for you guys in making sure that you celebrate yourself. And if you celebrated yourself, I want to know. 
share with me how you celebrated yourself. Tell me, tell me. Go follow my Instagram page, Harbor for the Arts, H-A-R-B-O-U-R, for the Arts. Or you can follow my Instagram page, like my Instagram page, Brie Cooper Mezzo-Soprano. You can also follow me on on. um on what do you call it what's that what's that thing that nobody uses anymore (laughs) facebook facebook you can follow me on facebook i was so over facebook but that's a whole nother story in general um but i do want to get into some of the topics today um or this week um we're really excited because you know um i'm not a big fan of twitter but sometimes, you know, sometimes black Twitter cracks me up, okay? And it's just pretty cool. Black Twitter sometimes really, they will they will come after you, okay? And um, I just sometimes, I, I like following. Now, I don't like Twitter because everybody all the time is in a freaking bad mood. I, I hate it. I can't even deal with it. I have a Twitter account, Bridget Cooper, if you want to know, E-B-R-I-D-G-E-T-T. C-O-O-P-E-R. Um, and I spell mine with an E, but for Twitter, they, I, they couldn't get enough letters in. So anyway, so I do have that for Twitter. I have a Harbor for the Arts for Twitter, um, which I don't really post on, guys. I just don't because I'm so tired of people in the, on Twitter being in a bad mood. And, I, and guess what? I don't freaking want to know your daggone opinion about every single thing that you feel that you're against, you know, or you're for. I mean, unless you can do it in the right way. I mean, I just, ugh. I I, sometimes people, and I think it's that people go in and they they get too mean. They're just ridiculously mean for no reason at all, okay? So that's what I kind of don't like about it. But anyway, so Black Twitter has a strong reaction to the new opera about Emmett Till, and if you don't know, um, there is an opera about Emmett Till that is set to debut later this month in NYC. Emmett Till is America, a new American opera written by um, a white woman who centers a story of his life and brutal murder around the fictional, uh, the fictional, fictional, <laughs> fictional. Okay, I've created a new word. A fictional white woman who, while she opposes Jim Crow and racism, does nothing about it. According to the playbill, Claire Cross, it's um, she's the composer. Uh, her work will premiere on March 23rd at the Lynch Theater. <laughs> Gerald, Jesus. Lynch Theater. I wonder if that was... Mm. Ah! I wonder if that was just like, you know... A symbolic nod. The Lynch Theater at John Jay College. I mean, I mean, look up who Gerald Lynch, Gerald W. Lynch was. But it's just ironic. Um, you know, Lynch Theater at John Jay College. In John Jay College, you guys, it's a great criminal justice program there. Um, so I can see why. Um, a description of the piece uh, says, The story is approached through the lens of... Rowan Taylor, a young white woman who teaches high school science in Drew, Mississippi. Roseanne is against Jim Crow law, segregation, and the racial inequality that she sees around her, but remains silent. She is the opera's only fictional character and represents what Martin Luther King Jr. called the ultimate tragedy 
the silence of good people. And as you know, this past year, you guys, I'm not going to harp on this part, but um, you know, this past year, this was literally the first year where I really, the thing that kind of gave me chills was the fact that I've, so many of my Caucasian friends, and I went to a predominantly white college. Um, I went to all girls Catholic school. And then I went to a predominantly white college. And so many went from me. We had such great conversations about it. And it was just so nice for them to really reevaluate who they are. You know, some of their own things that they grew up with. Some of their stereotypes. Some of their judgments. Oftentimes, you guys, I'm the first black friend that they've ever had. I'm always the first black friend. And I do feel like I'm an ambassador for black people. I am an ambassador for black people and especially in the white community. I am the ambassador. I am the person that shows them we are not what you see on the news. You know, my dad was a lawyer. He had his own law practice. He's always had his own law practice. He came over from from the Bahamas. His family is doing amazing. Aunts, uncles, teachers, they're all professionals. He kind of, you know, paved the way uh, for a lot of people. My grandma, everybody. Um, So anyway, I'm going to go into a whole thing about that. But anyway, usually I'm the first black friend that they've ever had. And I find it a duty, a responsibility to show them that not all black folks are the same. Not all black folks that you see robbing banks or on the news or whatever are the same. And then also you have to question like what leads them to that. But I was a I remember being many many of my friends, the first black friend that they ever had that had a family that was I mean, we were from Washington, we are from Washington DC. But at the same time, it was the first time that they met black a black person who you know came from a very different a very different upbringing you know um so anyway black twitter called out the concept um the concept blasting the work what blasting the work for centering a fictional white woman's experience when it was a real life white woman's accusations that got to this real life 14 year old tortured and killed Others pointed out that the opera is coming right after Congress passed an anti-lynching bill and after the DOJ closed the murder investigation for a second time. Some called out the Harlem Chamber players and North, uh, sorry, Opera Noir International who are involved with pr- producing the piece. Still others offered, you guys, I'm reading without my glasses, so I'm sorry. Um, Still others offer the idea that an opera about Till's life and murder may have been the art they would be willing to see if the story wasn't centered around a fictional white woman struggling with white guilt. Whoa. Reading about black trauma can have an impact on your mental health. If you are someone or you know immediate needs immediate mental health, you can text STRENGTH, S-T-R-E-N-G-H-T-H, to the crisis text line 741741 to be connected to a certified crisis counselor. All right, so back to this. What I find interesting is um, 
you know, black Twitter will always, always have something to say. I don't know. I don't know if I'm against this. I don't think it's such a bad thing. I think, um, I think storytelling today can be through the lens of any character. I mean, it's a struggle. I don't, I, I, I don't agree with that. I just think it's important that the story be told. And also, even though she's fictional, I'm sure, I am so sure, there were probably hundreds of thousands of white people who were in that same situation where you know it's wrong, but you don't say anything. You can't say anything. And back then, were you really going to say anything? So, I mean, I, I don't agree with, I don't agree with black Twitter. I understand their point, but at the same time, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a way of storytelling so that people can really digest the atrocities of this murder of Emmett Till. No matter how you get there, you have to educate people so that they can understand it. And also, if you want it to, if you want the story to reach a wider audience, I mean, you have even today or past, gosh, two years, there are people who struggle with standing up. It could be in the workplace when you see someone being harassed. It could be, it could be anywhere. That's the part where I feel like people don't really understand that, that people are still struggling with. If you don't say something, it makes you complicit. It makes you just as guilty. I always admire people who speak up or who say something, but people are really struggling with this. I, I don't agree with black Twitter in this sense. I, I just think that um, that it is applicable to anyone at any time who is struggling with how they stand up for something. They see injustice, but you do, sometimes you don't know how to stand up for something. And, there, and, and what I want people to do is understand that there are several ways that you can stand up. Sometimes it's about going out of your comfort zone, but sometimes it's just about being positive and about speaking up in a different way, in a way that, that is kind of comfortable for you. Um, so anyway, so that's how I feel about that. So moving on, you know, this week, I just wanted to talk a little bit about insanity and what that means. <laughs> so segue. So um, today's today's topic, what we're going to be talking about, the definition of insanity, and um, I don't remember who said it. Maybe it was Albert Einstein. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And as performing artists and creative artists, I think we all fall into this habit. We are so guilty of doing the same daggone thing over and over and over, and we keep expecting this a, a different result. We keep expecting something different and it's not going to happen until you do something different. I learned this lesson because in the career of a performing artist, you forget that you actually grow. You're so used to um, working on music, learning the music, memorizing the music. You're so used to um, setting your audition schedule up, you know, learning the music the same way or having it already as prepared and going about it and do it, and then maybe you don't get the job. But you, have you ever stopped to think, well, what am I doing not to get the job? What is it? Is it really about you know, I'm not prepared enough. No, probably not. If you're a classical singer and you're going into an audition and they're asking you to sing whatever aria they want you to sing. But at the same time, I think that a lot of it has to do with we need to start thinking about doing things differently. Uh, for me, I remember when I decided, you know what, I'm, I, I 
don't think I'm going to do Porgy and Bess for a while. I train like everyone else. I train like to do a Mozart. I train to do the Beethoven. And it, it just started bothering me. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about years after I started doing Porgy and Bess. So I'm not talking about, I thought it was a, it's a great opera. It's a great opera for singers of color who are just finishing college. Like everybody has to do a Porgy and Bess. It is going to be your bread and butter. You have to do it. I did over 250 performances of it. It was great. It was great. I learned as much as I could learn from that. I experienced so much. Anytime someone calls me, and especially, you know, the Met did Porgy and Bess. If the Met called me, which they did, to come in and audition, I did that. What we all need to remember is even though you may do the same audition for different opera companies every year, but maybe you're not getting the same result, you should really think about your strategy. What can you do differently to give you a different result? So if you feel like, well, I'm just not getting the parts, have you thought about maybe you're aging out of that part or maybe that's a part that's not right for your voice or maybe you should shake things up and and think of a different character or a different role that you can learn and take into an audition those are some of the things that can shake things up a lot it keeps you out of that hamster wheel so many times i have projects that i work on and what i've started doing well i realized that the projects i was working on i would use one notebook with different dividers. However, what I realized is that I needed to stay focused on one thing at a time or whatever I was working on at that time, I had to see it through. For me, one of the ways that helped me to see things through was that I would get a notebook for different, every every project I was working on, no matter what it was, I would get a notebook for that project. And yeah, I may have like five different notebooks just because i always doing something. That's how my mind works. But I realized you can only focus on one thing at a time. When I have that notebook dedicated to a specific project, it helps me see the beginning, the middle, and the end. Because we do want to finish all of those projects that we start. And also it helps you to stay focused, like I said, on that one project. But then maybe if you pick up another one, you can sort of start brainstorming on things that you want to get done with that project. But I realized that I was doing the same thing over and over again. And one of my other things is that I decided to seek advice. You know, um, we always hear about people getting help for things. Well, sometimes you need help with your career. Sometimes you need to get the advice or counsel of someone who is a professional understands what you're going through, understands what you're dealing with, but also can give you a strategy to help think things through. So for me, that's what I do. Every quarter, I sit down with a consultant in whatever area that I'm working on. So if it's something to do with my personal life, I sit down with a consultant. If it's something to do with my singing career, you know, sometimes I need to flush out some ideas and and think about that. Also, one of the other strategies that I did put in place is literally I have a meeting with myself. I dedicate a time every week and I have a meeting with myself. I take my notebook, I jot down every single thing that I'm thinking about, whatever's on my mind, I just write it down, whether it makes sense (laughs) or not. It really helps me to clear out my head and to really think about some projects that I could continue to work on, start to develop, that kind of thing. But you know, so many of us find it... um, difficult to get advice or you think you're at a different point in your career and you don't need any more advice 
But I'm telling you now that that's what consultants are for. You can consult with them. I mean, sometimes you have to (laughs) pay a pretty penny, but consult with them. That's what they're for. Listen to my podcast. I have a lot of great advice. If you remember when this podcast, Harbor for the Arts, was opera luscious you can find that on blog talk radio as well those are my tips and you know i always remember that just insanity is doing the same thing over and over and i just expect a different result and that is so true of so many performing artists and creative artists tell me some of your secrets tell me some of the things that you do to get yourselves out of a rut so that you you know don't do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result what is something that made you realize like oh wow i have to change that I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, harborforthearts at gmail. Follow me on Instagram, Brie Cooper Mezzo Soprano. That's B R I Cooper Mezzo Soprano. Also on Instagram, Harbor for the Arts, H A R B O U R for the Arts as well as um, on Twitter. Now, I told you before, I'm not on Twitter a lot. I don't really care for that platform, so I don't spend a lot of time on it or the people that I'm involved with. They are not really on Twitter. Don't waste your time on social media platforms if your audience isn't there. So for me, Snapchat, no. (laughs) My audience was not on some Snapchat, okay? For me, Twitter, every once in a while, but not really. Um, But for me, my audience is mostly on Instagram, YouTube. I would love to hear from you. And I hope you're going to have a really amazing day. I hope you're having an amazing week. Please give me a follow. I would love again to hear from you. And I hope everyone is doing amazing. Have a great day.